Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the Anxiety Chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the Anxiety Chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we are so excited to be back here again and wanted to thank you guys so much for anyone listening who entered our giveaway. Um, It was awesome. We got so many great people that entered. You guys left us so many nice reviews. Thank you. Um, Taylor, what did they, who, what did the winner receive? They got the toolkit and then the seven day healing course. Yes. So they got and your we toolkit. tagged. Yeah. And we tagged the, um, I'm sorry, when I say toolkit, that sounds like we sit people tools, um, <laughs> the anxiety <laughs> the healing. healing toolkit. And, uh, <laughs> What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We tagged the winner in the post. So we edited the post and tagged the winner. So there's always, you know, disclosures every time we run a giveaway. You can. Yeah. I I saw this account that was like calling out these influencers for these giveaways. And I guess they were giving the winners. The winners were like bots or something. And it wasn't real people. No, yeah. There was this whole thing that happened. And I'm just like. Okay, we're going to be fully transparent on here. We could we're going to tag our winners. We're going to make sure everybody can see exactly who won. Totally. So, yeah, isn't that crazy though? And it was like for things that were like a couple thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like Pelotons and oh stuff gosh, and like the, the bots, these bots. Yeah. So, crazy. Well, if you yeah, so if you are listening and you entered, thank you so much. We will be doing more if you didn't win this time. So, um don't be sad, but um, we are so happy that you're continuing our your healing journey with us here. And congratulations if you did, if you are the winner and you're listening. Um, but you know, if you didn't see the giveaway, you can go over to the Anxiety Chicks Instagram page and check out the post. Um, we're going to be thinking about some other cool items that we want to want to give away to help with your healing. So we're pumped for that. We'll probably do another one at like 20k. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're at like no, 16. I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's, I mean, just even like reading, pe- I don't know about you, but reading people's stuff and just like this one girl's thing was like, I, I'll like watch one, I'll listen to one episode a day and like I've been binging you guys and I'm, I sit back and I'm thinking like, who wants to listen to me talk like every oh. day? But you know, it like comes Throw through down. and the, you just see how helpful we are. I mean, even though we're not sitting here spitting like clinical advice, we're just being yeah. real chicks. What yeah. you and I have said from the, the beginning, just like sharing our real freaking life and how totally. real it gets. And I mean, even seeing how much you've helped people with your breakup story. I thought that was so I cool. Know. Well, and so many people talk about your story with your panic disorder and, and yeah. the health anxiety piece and how much they relate to you. And people have told me that they listen to some episodes over and over again. Wow. Like it's very therapeutic for them to listen to the episodes multiple times. Isn't that so cool? That's, that's so cool. And I, I, I actually that. can relate to that though, because there's podcasts that I've listened to over and over, like, especially since, you know, I started this relationship, I'll listen to a bunch of like podcasts on attachment anxiety or codependency. And sometimes I'll listen to them over and over again. And I, and they're, they are, it's just, it's yeah. very therapeutic. It's just helpful to kind of hear other people that underst- seriously understand what you're going through. It's crazy. I think um, you should be so proud of yourself, though, just for like how vulnerable you've been on here, and just how many people have you've helped so many people with the like 
those breakup episodes that were so hard for you. I remember like texting oh about gosh. them I and you were like, that. no, I can do it. I, I can do it. And I was like, are you sure? Like it, it was bad. You were There's... like crying before we started the episodes and then I know. you made it through and and the other so one, people. And the other, you too, girl. You help. You <laughs> okay, we're you. <laughs> You're amazing. I know. We're like, you love you. We love you. I know. Yeah. You, hopefully you're still listening to this episode. Yeah, sorry, guys. So it's just Taylor and I telling each other. We're we getting into it. We're getting into it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so thank you all so much. And please, if you feel inclined, leave us a review and subscribe um, and let us know because that's – what kind of gets the word out about the podcast and raises awareness for anxiety and we can help lots of other people feel less alone. So yes. thank you. That's our plug. Um, also, I wanted to plug I, – I don't think I did this last time, but I don't know if I did anyway. I apologize, but I'm going to be doing this because I'm so excited about my book that's coming out in March to the public, but you can actually pre-order it now on um, – Amazon. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for the Anxiety Healer's Guide. And I'm so excited. I, I'm i not going to talk too much about it yet because I have a call with my publisher, my publicist and stuff in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to get a lot more information about what I'm going to be able to tell you guys and what I'm going to be able to tell you guys. But you can still pre-order it. And I'll just tell you a little bit about like a two-second blurb of what it is. And it's basically everything that I wish that I knew as a therapist and as an anxiety, someone that struggles with anxiety, wrapped in one about just tools on how to breathe, like breathing techniques, visualization exercises, like all like different tangible tools that can help heal anxiety, um, how to create your own anxiety healing toolkit. There's a whole chapter in, that tells you the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists and social workers and like what they do and how what questions to ask them if you're looking for one. So it's a total like resource guide to healing anxiety and how to really do it in a practical way. It's it's more cognitive behavioral too because I'm a specialist in cognitive behavioral therapy, but that is pretty much the most researched type of treatment for anxiety disorders and what has been most effective for them. So I believe in it and I practice it myself. So pre-order it, you guys, if you're looking for it, but it will be it won't be available until March. You won't get it until March, but 2022, but you can go and pre-order it now. So that's so awesome. Yeah. I just did want to say that to you guys in case you're looking for it. Um, and if you have questions, DM me and stuff, of course. I'll try and get back to you. But yeah, just want to work on healing all around the world. I love that. That's so cool. Thanks for giving me the air for a minute to talk about this. <laughs> all right, you guys, we're getting into our topic. I, I promise, right this second. Um, okay, so I'm excited for today because one – you're pretty much going through this right now in your life, Taylor, because you are 26, right? Yeah. 26. Okay. I'm 41, so I def but literally I cannot wait to talk about this because I remember my 20s like it was yesterday. And so we're talking about quarter life crisis. And maybe you should – I don't know, Taylor, how would you – define that term because maybe there's some people listening that don't Ooh, that are like, what I like does that quarter question. life crisis mean yeah what would you say I feel like it can be different for for a lot of people like I feel like some people it's uh, an identity crisis about like who you want to be 
So like say you were someone else or you were you were maybe like lost with who you were in college trying to find your way. You were maybe hanging out with people you thought you wanted to be. And then one day you just kind of were like, who am I? Or you graduated and you're not with those people anymore. And you're like, okay, now I have to find where I fit in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for some people it's like, what route do I want to take with my life? So I could take the uh, meet someone, get married, have children, right? Like immediately. Or do I want to go explore the world? Or what do I see as my career? Uh, Where do I be? I think that like at 21, 20, so you graduate college about 22. If you go to college, if not, I mean, your quarter life crisis may start a bit earlier, you know? Yeah, right. Um, right. So I feel like at that age, and I I hear this so so much from people who graduate and especially with like social media Mm. and just seeing other people's lives, I think it's getting worse because you're like, all these people around me are already so far advanced with their life. And I'm, I don't even know who I am. Oh my gosh. And I think that is such a huge anxiety trigger for so many people in their twenties because they see all these people who maybe one, they've gotten married and they already have one kid. Mm -hmm. And you think that's what happiness. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of it all is happiness. Like, you see all these different versions of people's lives and you think that they're so happy and that once you have that, you will be happy. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy because I didn't even – in my 20s, I didn't even have social media. Right, right. Like I, when I was 21, 22, I, I didn't even have any of that. So like – Was there MySpace? No, MySpace wasn't until maybe a little bit after that. So you yeah. had – did you have texting? No. What the heck? Texting didn't really start until. Do you know how many people my age probably envy you? (laughs) Well, listen, that's a whole other episode because I listen. I mean, talking about what me and you were talking before about the shutdown that just happened with Instagram and Facebook, you know. Maybe I'd love to hear some people's feedback on that. I know. Eight hours of their day because I was not freaking out, but I was just like, what? And it's. So yeah, so I think back to that time and I'm just thinking like, what? I know that I struggled so much with when I graduated college because I remember thinking, okay, do I want to get a job right now or do I want to maybe move somewhere else? And yes, get a job, but maybe not something that's like maybe, I don't know, work at a coffee shop for a little while and just still have fun because I don't really know what I want to do. And I mean, wait, I think wait. So you you actually thought about that, like maybe like maybe just getting a job, like not in your career path. I well, only, yeah, I, I actually did. Really, I did. I did. See, because- like that. That's so funny because for me, it's just like I felt like if I didn't get an automatic career in the in the job that I went to school for, I was failing, and I and I failed at my. I did all that work for nothing. So but that's how my brain was. So I think this is part of the quarter life crisis, especially in America. Because huh. in America, it's like work hard, play hard, right? Like yeah. the American yeah. dream is to make as much money as you can yep. and like get into the rat race of work right as soon as you graduate college or high school, whatever, and make that money. And that's just what is you're supposed to do, right, at right. least in America. I don't know. In some other countries, I'd love to hear more about because I know, I know that um, my brother-in-law is English and I know in like in a lot of European countries, it's actually um, – encourage that you take like a gap year they call it so when you graduate yeah when you graduate college you take a gap year just to travel and then you kind of start your career (laughs) I'm just like so I actually 
So that's why I moved out to San Francisco after I graduated college and I did get a nine to five job. I was a recruiter, but I always, I never thought I was going to ever do that for my career, but I needed money. That that wasn't like, you didn't use your psychology degree to be a recruiter. No, exactly. Right, right. I just knew I wanted, I was just moving out there. Just, it was a fun year and I always knew I'd move back home and go to get my master's and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think what what you're saying is, in at least in the U.S., yeah, that's like frowned upon. You know, you're supposed to graduate college or high school and get a job and start making yeah. a lot of money, and this is what you're going to, supposed to be successful. Like, and I think a lot of the when we say quarter life crisis, it's because you know that's basically a quarter of your life so far is when you're like 22, 23. You know, like the median yeah. average age that life expectancy is like 90, whatever. So, and everybody's heard of midlife crisis, right? You know, there's this whole thing that happens that people have heard about for decades about someone in their midlife that's, you know, trying to be like, (laughs) what is wrong with, where is my life? I had all these kids and now I'm 40 or 45 and oh my gosh, I'm so unhappy. And so that happens a lot of times, I think, because people in their, when they're in their 20s, don't really take that time to figure yeah. out who they are yeah. and see that. what they want and and not just about career. I remember with friendships and stuff for me too in my 20s. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of friends now and I'd love to hear your perspective because there's a lot of people now that I don't really talk to or see much that I used to hang out with in my 20s. Okay. So I'm like 26 going on 47. Um, I, you are I feel an like, old soul. I feel like I – which I've actually heard is like a sign of trauma, which is like, I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating, oh, but like that, that you had to grow up fast or something. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't, I, I don't think there's anything like specific in my life that made me had to grow up fast. But anyways, I've always been kind of like a leader in uh, like getting through things faster than kids my age, maybe like just realizing right. that that's all like not going to be worth it in a couple years, like partying and hanging around people that don't really care about you. So I would say okay. like, honestly, right when I was a senior in college, I looked at my friendships and I was like, what of which of these friendships benefit me and which of these friendships do I need to just like let go of? And I would say like, I cut off friends very young that I realized were not, that were like toxic for me. That's so, so good that you were able it's to good, have that but it insight was, about yourself. Yeah, but it was, it was so depressing at the time. Like I went through a severe yeah, state yeah. of like loneliness, just kind of like where am I – like I, I would look at these friendships of these people that just did fun things together because I would say I definitely had more of like the party crowd friends. Mm-hmm. That's who I like became friends with. I was in a sorority. I met a group of just party friends basically. And then I think one day it just clicked. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't even me. It really wasn't like I was doing all these things. And I was like, this is not me. This is me wanting to be you, 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 and you, Oh my God. but I'm not wanting to be me. And I, and then I went through the state. So I would say I went through this when I was like 2021, 20, I was like, who am I? Who am I? Who do I really want to be friends with? Cause then I would look at other groups like, okay. So I would look at really like churchy people. Right. And mm-hmm. a group of friends like that. And I was, I would be like, God, well, they're like kind of judgmental, you know, but I liked how they just did fun things together. Like, I mm-hmm. like how they could just like go and not have a night out or, and then I would look at another group of friends and be like, oh, they look like, so I, I felt so like, what friend group do I fit in? Like, I felt so 
confused on like yes. who I was and like if there yes. was someone out there who was like me who like yes I'm I'm very spiritual but I also am not judgmental at all and sometimes I say cuss words and sometimes you know what I mean like I I'm not perfect and I felt like I didn't fit in any group yes and so it was just like I felt so alone in in what I like I like to go to bed early I or not go to bed early just be home early I don't like yeah. to drink I like yep. to work out I like to be alone also mm -hmm. like finding friends who understand that like I'm going to say no sometimes because I just need to be alone. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that, that is so amazing that you really have been able to have that insight about yourself at such a young age, because there are a lot of people that don't even find yeah. that when they're like 60 or 70. I mean, right. I feel fortunate that I've been able to kind of reach that point in my life now at 41, but I... It definitely took me from like the age of 21 to 30 because my 30th yeah. birthday was really when, excuse my language, but shit hit the fan because um, I had a surprise birthday party and my sister threw it for me and I had a panic attack the entire day because there were people mm. that she invited that I literally did not even want to see. I was already yeah. reevaluating friendships in my life and no one else really knew that. And my sister had invited some of my friends that I just was not in good – there was not good energy around these people. Yes, energy. A lot of them I know. were still, yeah, like out partying and doing all the stuff. And I was really trying to shift my lifestyle for, the, for that like year before and not drink as much. And I did a lot of like partying and stuff in my 20s. That was a huge yeah. – part of my quarter life crisis and thinking I was trying to figure things out. But really, I was just numbing everything <laughs> because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I also felt like horrible about myself, really bad self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, put like Drinking so never made me feel good. Like partying like that, like the next nah. day, I never was like, oh my gosh, we had so much fun last night. Like they would all be like, that was so fun. And I would sit back and be like, am I, am I weird? Like, is something wrong with me? And then I thought about it and I'm like, no, this just isn't fulfilling me. Like, this might be fulfilling them, but this isn't fulfilling me. 100%. It was, I, I, at that, at the time for those years of my life, of course there were times I'm like, oh my God, we had the best time, like all stuff. And, and we, I had these like fun nights that I thought were fun, but my fun is very different now. So we had, so, so on my 30th birthday, I just remember I I felt so bad because my sister put this whole thing together and I literally for the whole day she planned this trip to like this winery and then she was going to cook and stuff and she was pregnant at the time and I still feel so bad about this because I ended up <laughs> literally having a panic attack and being up in my room the entire day while everyone else went out to the bar. Oh my god. And hung out without me and it was my birthday. <laughs> and and the people that and this it actually showed me a lot about who I wanted to keep in my life because like half of them were literally mad at me and didn't even understand what was going on. Yep. Bye. Didn't even want to care. Didn't even show any, didn't even say, are you okay? What's going on? They were mad. And I'm just like, yeah, you don't you're understand. Only, you're only a value to them when you're doing the things that they want to do or you're, or you're focused on their problems. And if they're crying, you have to tend to their feet 
and you're just so like you have to worry about them 24 7 but no one ever says like are you okay yeah I'm like I'm sorry do you know what I'm going through and if you don't care to understand what anxiety is like well then goodbye I don't want you around and then my like three the three girls that were there that just were so great and were just like do not worry like and and they were the actually two of them they had come a day early and I thought it was just going to be me and the two of them the entire weekend. And I was so excited. Oh. That it was just going to be me and these my two like best friends, one from college and one from childhood that really just understood and isn't wasn't into like going out so much and all that stuff. And then the thing, I'm like, oh my gosh. It was almost like so- you were ruining those other girls' time. Oh, exactly. And you know then that's what I mean? another pressure on me. And with your yeah. anxiety, and this was just when I was starting to figure out my anxiety. Like I didn't yeah. really know a lot about my healing at all yet. I mean, it's been 11 years, I guess. That was probably the turning point. It was my 30th birthday. But I'd started working on my healing journey a year or two before that. But still, this this process of like I thought I figured that that was when I was 30, but I had started trying to figure out all the questions that you were just saying, like, who am I? so early in your 20s and i think that's a huge part of a quarter life crisis is like you f- you're saying who am i like who do i want to be around do i want to be in this relationship like do i you know want to actually be in a relationship do i want to be married right now do i want this career i mean yeah. i you know i think so many people feel like they have to follow the timeline that's like thrown on us, right? So yes. you're told to like graduate college, get married, have babies, blah, 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 like raise your kids, you know, just this whole yeah. like timeline. And people feel like if they're 30 or 40 or 50 and they're not married or don't have kids and they failed the timeline and they're, they're done with life and it'll never happen. But um, I feel like that's so wrong. And I feel like that's what causes so many people, like you said, to have a midlife crisis because they never yeah. figured themselves out in their 20s. And so what I love so much about looking at my 20s is that I was really alone for a couple, like a year or two, like mm-hmm. super alone. Yes. I was all by yes. myself. And I think that's where I had the most growth in my life. And and don't get me wrong, no, during those no. times of loneliness, I would look around, I would look on social media and be like, oh, these people look like they're having fun. But then mm-hmm. I would sit back and be like, is that fun to you, Taylor? Or is that fun to what social media or society says is fun? Because at the end of the day, none of that will ever make you happy if it, unless it's fun to you. 100%. So weeding all that out of my life and then like looking back and looking for friends that fulfilled me, Yes, I would rather have two four quarters than a hundred pennies and I had to remind myself that all the time because I used to want I used to want a ton of friends and be like you know this like this mom who had kids one day and like threw the parties at the house and like had the theme parties with all these people over but it's like that's not me like I could care less about yeah all that stuff so I think it was so cool because those those years of taking the time for me and like really figuring myself out I found one to three friends that I just, I I care so much about. And I know that they understand me and they don't have to see me all the time and we don't have to do stuff every single weekend and that's okay. But we like, we can catch up right where we're at. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, once you get to that point of, of that, of being friends with people, you actually are alike instead of trying to chase popularity in society. It is mm-hmm. so much more fulfilling and it all 
makes sense at the end of the day. And and people that actually accept you and yes, love yes, you that, not that you're like you yeah, are. <laughs> you're not fighting for them to like yeah. you. It's almost like chasing a bad boy, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's like no. you're you're wanting these people who are so on or so called popular to like you, right? And it's like you'll never you're just another uh climb on their ladder like they're social climbers a lot of people like that are just they're wanting to get to the top they're wanting to go to the best parties and get involved with the best and if you don't provide them with anything they'll throw you're just one kick away like yeah. it's they'll get rid of you so quickly and I realized that about like my friends from college some of them they could care less like when I when I went MIA they could care less yeah they didn't they didn't wonder where I went they were just like oh Taylor doesn't want a party she's better than us Right. And yeah. and it's like, no, yeah. you never even like checked in with who I was. I mean, I lived with three other girls uh, in, one year when I first started having panic attacks. Nobody knew I had panic attacks. I just went MIA and started isolating. And it's just like, yeah. nobody cared to even like, is she okay? You know what I mean? It was just right. like, they had, yeah. they had parties to get to. Like, it was, exactly. I, was a, I was a bother. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her now? Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank she's winning the vibe. Thank you for that compassion. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, you. And it's it's interesting that you talk about being being alone, you know, during earlier times. I felt so I think that during my 20s, you would look at, you know, when I eventually Instagram and Facebook like came about, you would see all of my pictures that I would post. You would probably meet me, you know, I always was out, always going out, always with like 10 to 15 people. You know, I had a bunch of different, you know, we got, there were a lot of summers where I would get shore houses with my friends. There was like 25 people in a shore house and we'd all go out as a group together and we'd like always party together. I ha always had an, an incredible number of people around me at any given time whenever I would be going out. I also lived in the city in Philly. And so I had mm -hmm. so many friends in the city. I always had something to do and I was always – and I never felt more lonely. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Literally. Yes. I was Feeling surrounded crowd. by Feeling people yes. and felt so lonely. Allison, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been at a party when I was younger, looked around and almost like de had some like derealization for a moment and been like, mm -hmm. I feel so alone. Yeah, I know. Like Isn't it's real. It's so real. Like yeah. feeling surrounded by a million people, but still feel so alone. Because that stuff will never fulfill you if it's not who you are. One hundred. There's some people, and that's like who they are, and that's who they want to be, and good for them. I don't know if, like, at the core, that drinking can honestly bring happiness to anybody. I don't, I, th I think it's masking things. I don't think it's, I don't think there are people who actually go out every single weekend who are truly satisfied, even though they like put on a facade, but you can only do that for so long. Um, yeah. And, and I want to clarify that I was definitely dependent on alcohol. Yes. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I still drink. Having one glass. Yeah. Yeah. Like I go out and, and have dinner with my friends and drink and or my You were doing like, like shots and. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and, and the thing about it is, you know. It is very um, – it's just very accepted and it's very much of the cultural norm in your 20s to just yeah. go out and get blacked out and like get and get wasted and go and take – shot. like at least 
where I like when I was in the city and like uh, it was just no, this same. norm of people same. of what they did all the time and I just it so un- was so unhealthy and I yeah. just realized that there was so much of me that I mean I also struggle with social anxiety so yeah there was so yeah. much of me that was going getting going out and then needing to get this drink because I felt so insecure when I was in social situations and I felt very anxious in social situations. So alcohol would make me feel better, especially around men, especially around guys. I've always felt very insecure around men. So that would all, that was always just the crutch that I had. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah. Like I, I, when I met my uh, now husband, but we were freshmen in college and I, you know, I was not who I am now. I was the the party girl, right? So it's kind of interesting. Like I grew up a lot earlier than him and that mm-hmm. was like really hard for me. I mean, I was sitting, like I said, when I took that time to be like alone, I was sitting in my head like, oh my gosh, like, am I meant to be with this person? Like we're in such different places of life. And like, it takes guys yeah. a lot longer to grow up than girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that was really difficult too. And that almost made me feel more lonely and scared. Because right. I was just like, do, like I thought about ending things so many times. Like I was like, this, mm-hmm. I, like well, I think I need to meet someone else who's like me, and like all these things, like these thoughts going through my head of like what to do. And I felt so. He grew up, thank God. But yeah. um, it was just it, it, it for anyone else who's like, I'm with this person. Maybe you're married, and you had a life change, right? Like it, it finally clicked for you, which it does for a lot of women before men. And you're like, what do I do? Just be patient. I mean, obviously, if they're acting insane and they're, they're causing problems, don't be patient. But like, I promise they'll grow up. It takes guys a lot longer. You can't expect people yeah. to grow up right when you choose to grow up. Yeah. That's the thing I had to learn is like, you can't force other people to make life changes right when you make a life change when you well, were just like them. <laughs> you can't. You can't make anyone change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that. And that's actually not a good mindset to have going into any relationship is to think someone else is going to change for you because right. that's not how it works. Um, but I will say too, for anyone listening that is maybe in a relationship that sort of is like a dead end relationship. I mean, if you're in like your early 20s and I think you're kind of like an oyster with your relationship because it is very rare these days that you meet someone in college or high school and that is just the love of your life. I think your husband is the love of your life. But I feel like, I mean, statistically, honestly, statistically, a lot of research, the later, the older you are when you get married, the more likely it is to to last. Um, And I think there's something to say about that because with like the topic that we're talking about, there might be some people listening that are really resonating with what we're saying and are really trying to and are really thinking to themselves like I really don't know if I want the life that I have right now. I don't know if this is yeah. what I want right now. I don't yeah. know if I want to live in this place I live in or this town. I don't know if I want to be in this relationship. I don't know if I like this job and or career at all. I don't know if maybe I want to go back to school and maybe I want to go to college. I never did. Maybe I want to go to grad school. I have all these, I have these dreams. Like I have these opportunities that I feel like I want to fulfill. And let me tell you guys, if you're in your 20s right now, there is no better time to do those things. Yep. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. So take the time you need to really 
really ask yourself these questions. They're hard questions and don't make anyone around you feel like you're less than because you're t- making you're making certain decisions right now because it takes so much courage to actually step back from what society and everyone else in your life is telling you you're supposed to do, but yeah. you actually making the decision. Absolutely. Which I should add, I did break up with my husband, boyfriend at the time. Oh, for, really? Yeah. Yeah. I broke up with him and I. this was when I was in that time and I actually dated someone else. And I was just like, I thought I was happy, like dating someone else. Like I was like, okay, maybe like, and this was someone way more like me. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, they're so boring. Like I was like, I can't date me. I was like, we're just so boring. And so, and then we got back together anyways. But I mean, and sometimes you have to break up to like realize you're meant to be together or that that's your person. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you stepped back from that and realized, you know, I need to figure this out first. Maybe we will be together, but yeah. So if you're in that, yeah, I think what you said is so (coughs) not COVID. Um, (laughs) What you said is so (laughs) important that if you're having those questions or those thoughts to take a step back from everything and maybe like cut out everything out of your life. Like I, that's what I did. I literally cut out everything and almost like started from like a blank a blank blank page yeah and was like what do I want to do yeah and then started growing it from there I know I know it's you might be listening thinking okay I can't just quit my job right now okay (laughs) yeah no 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 a lot of people that can't just they have to make certain money I can't just be like okay I'm just gonna go live in a van no I didn't I didn't quit my career or any of that but just like removed everything from my life that wasn't fulfilling me and even but even with like career i was working clinical then and i was just like so depressed from how uh i was me taking too. it all home with me i was like this is not good for my mental health like seeing sick people all the time mm-hmm. it was not mm-hmm. good i i was like i was i was surrounded by way too many illnesses all day long to like it it felt too common cancer felt too common everything felt way too common for me and so getting out of that was like so good for me I mean, but in the moment, I, I couldn't. I had to get through it. And then, right. yeah, so. Right, right. I mean, that's the same. So for me, I, um, you know, lived out in San Francisco for a year and I felt fortunate that I was able to go out there, found a job. That yeah, that's crazy. San Francisco so expensive. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't think it was as expensive when I was out there. Now it's insane. But um, I had a roommate and, you know, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Barely made it by. Um, but, you know. I took that time also to figure out I I you know knew I wanted to get my masters in psychology but then what? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So then I got a job and if anyone's listening that's in social work or counseling, you know that you literally 99% of people that come out of their masters work in some type of social service agency or like behavioral health agency. Um, something to do like clinical work in the inner city. A lot of people, that's where you you start and you get some hours. And was like, this is not for me. Went back to be a school counselor, did, you know, decided I wanted to do that. I had to work hard to, you know, get my hours for school counseling and go back to more school and like get loans. And I was like, but that's what I want. And I want to figure that out. And then I was like, oh my gosh, all these jobs that I had, schools, God bless those teachers. I love the teachers, administrative people. Some are great. A lot aren't. Um, (laughs) 
but figured that out. That wasn't the environment either. And then I was like, I need to start my own business. I just need to do it. And so I want to be in private practice, had to go back and get licensed for that. I mean, it was all very, very hard work and time consuming, but I had to have, I had to stay in a lot of those jobs in order to pay for some of the things. Right. Right. Throughout all of that, I, sort of was like, okay, this is now I really got there. And I'm 41 and I don't have kids and I'm not married, but I'm okay with where I'm at. I spent a lot of my time on my career and there's maybe people saying to themselves now, oh, I did that too. Or well, my my career or my job was being a mom in my 20s. And now my kids are, you know, a little bit older. And now I'm like, wow, like I have more free time. I, what do I want to do? So whatever happens in relationships, you get to a point still where you can always evolve. You know, you don't ever have to feel like you're complacent or stagnant, right? Like if you feel like you're at waking, like every day is Groundhog's Day. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. Yes. Right. You wake up and every day is just the same and so mundane and you're just thinking, oh my gosh, what is life? You know, this is, oh, there has to be more, right? Like you're just not fulfilled. That is a good sign that something needs to change in your life. It doesn't need to be like a drastic thing, but what? I'm trying to find this one quote I saw the other day. Um, It was so good, but it was basically like, Vera Wang, she didn't sell her first wedding dress or create her first wedding dress until 40. Uh, Sam Walton, you know, the creator of Walmart, he didn't open his first Walmart until 44. Oh, my gosh. There there was like a couple other. It was. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I think they're like a... Dang, there was another one. Well, I like that because, it, yeah, it really – it doesn't matter. Like but that, I will- It's never too late in life to, like, just be like, this is not what I want to do and to do what – like, Vera Wang, so you know who she is, right? Of course, yeah. Okay, she was a figure skater and a journalist oh before entering the fashion industry at age 40. She entered it at 40. Okay, wow. I had no yeah. idea. And then uh, there, oh, there's another one. Oh, my gosh. She has amazing dresses. So Samuel Jackson. Yeah, the actor. had only, like, been in little parts of stuff until he got a big role at age 43. Well, and, 43. and acting is a hard gig to get, too. But, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, Sam Walton. So he was a retail – he was in a retail management career in his 20s and 30s and didn't open his he didn't find or like create walmart until age 44 oh my gosh that's crazy henry ford was 45 when he created the model t car uh let's see oh this is so cool oh it's also i've i've seen a ton of these and i'm just like oh my gosh okay uh betty white Oh yeah, uh, she didn't. She didn't become an icon until she joined the Mary Tyler Moore Show at age fifty-one. Oh my gosh, and she's amazing, Betty White. She is. Ugh, she's still acting. Michael Scott, she's amazing. She's you know Steve Carell. Oh yeah, he didn't. He didn't have his big hit until the forty-year-old virgin and the big short, and that was when he was forty-two. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah he was in the office when he was like forty. I think the office was his first like when he got big, and he was older. 
Um, see, this so is cool. this is so cool, and I think if this... oh wait, I love this one. I love this one. Uh, Harlan Sanders, you know. I don't know who that uh, is. KFC. Uh, oh. Colonial Colonial Sanders or whatever. Colonial Sanders. He yeah. was sixty-two when he franchised Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sixty-two. Okay, he that's sell... crazy. Really? He sold the franchise business for two million twelve years later. Oh my gosh! And you know what? And two million might not sound like a bunt, a lot, considering, but that was what year when uh, he sold it. Probably, probably, yeah. I'm telling you, it was probably he sold the franchise probably years ago, and that's that was probably worth a lot of money back then. Um, well, I think that it's it's a great message to leave with. With you know, it's never too late. Um, you know, a quarter life crisis is just as real as a midlife crisis. Honestly, it is the same type of concept, but I think just sometimes it's so much harder in your 20s because you really are becoming independent and you really are trying to figure out the world with like a, you don't really have a support system in the sense of knowing what a support, a good support system is, right? You have right. this like false sense of friendships and sometimes a false sense of what a relationship should be. And you're just still trying to figure out so much of yourself with like all this other minutiae around you that you you almost feel like you can't make your own choices. You're making choices for other people. Yeah. And at what point can you just make your own choice and then other people will let you be yourself, you know? Right, and so right. you have to go through a lot of ups and downs in your 20s and a lot of boundary setting with toxic people and a lot of not a lot of when I say boundaries too saying no more so if you feel like there's people that are peer pressuring you to go do things like that is not friendship yeah say no (laughs) and see how they react and if they react like anger or rudeness they are not your friend 100% not your friend they do not care about you if your mom was to die they would probably send you a card and then be at the club that night so yeah I mean and and well and god forbid I don't hope that's not happening to anybody. But, you know, you can almost – I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, but you almost know – you know who the people are that are the real safe people in your life when something really bad happens, yep. right? So if you lose someone or if you go through a health scare yourself or something and the people that stick with you, like those are your people. Yeah. And there's just – it takes time to learn who those people are, especially right after college or – when you're in your early 20s because a lot of people are still very selfish <laughs> and they just want to do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but give yourself permission to to just get to know who you are. Literally. Really get to know who you are and give yourself I this, compassion. I saw this and, really cool quote. Um, yeah. The second you stop getting in your own way and you're kind to yourself and you're graceful with yourself, it's crazy to see how you blossom. Yes. Stop getting in your own way. Yeah. Stop getting in your own way. I love that. And then the the last suggestion I would say too is to find a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> that no, can be honestly, your friend. Honestly. Your friend. No, a therapist should not be your friend. No, I mean like you boundaries there. Your therapist should definitely not be your friend. So if you're in therapy and you think your therapist is your friend, that's definitely not the right person. Um, But honestly, find find someone that you can talk to about these things because it's going to be – it probably feels – and I'm just thinking of myself. It it felt very isolating. I felt so lonely around all of these people I was around because none of them – 
took the time to hear me or even no. really wanted to learn about yeah. what I was actually going through and listen to my feelings. Did any was- of them really know you? Um, not really. Everything yeah, was so that's surfacey. What I think about. I'm like, it's so freaky how I spent years with these people who knew no details about me, really. No, everything, like, but I, I didn't knew really happiness know about me. Right. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't know me. Right. I had no idea who I was. And that's when I started having like panic attacks and stuff. Cause like, I didn't yeah. want to be around these people, but like, why don't I want to? I started questioning everything about myself. Yeah. Right. Like, who am I if I'm not this like party girl who is always like, the life of the party and always on and all the stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, I hate that part. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that person. Right. And there's so much more to me that I love. And that's essentially how all of this was born with the anxiety healer and stuff. I mean, I'm so yeah. spiritual and I love so many different parts of my life that I love now. So Oh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. Send us a message on the Anxiety Healer. Um, I mean, sorry, no, the Anxiety Chicks Instagram. <laughs> Feel free to DM us. Let us know what you think about the episode and any other suggestions on episodes. Um, we have some great episodes coming up about postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and imposter syndrome. Um We're going to have an episode all about anxiety healing tools and tips. So that's going to be amazing. Um, So in the next few weeks, we have that coming up. So um, leave a review and subscribe for us. And we hope you guys enjoyed this. And we will see you next time. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.